I have been listening to Audible for years. It just started with a free trial and my favorite Ellen Hildebrand book. And then once I realized how much I could accomplish in a day, like cooking for the kids, cleaning, organizing the house, you name it, um, while being entertained, I was hooked. It has all of my favorite fiction books, but it also has our favorite books on natural birth like Mindful Hypnobirthing, Birth Without Fear, Birthing From Within, Natural Childbirth, The Bradley Way, just to name a few. If you use my link, you can get 30 days free of Audible. Just go to audibletrial.com slash birthnaturally. And I suggest starting with Ina May's Guide to Childbirth if you haven't already, because that is a listener favorite. So once again, just go to audibletrial.com slash birthnaturally for 30 days free. Welcome to Birth Naturally. I'm Kaylee. And I'm Kate. And we are sisters having a conversation about everything from med-free birth to natural parenting. Welcome back to another episode, everyone. Um, After hearing your feedback on Instagram, I figured... I would get an extra episode to you this month, and I will continue to do that when I can, when I have the time. So yeah, this is coming out a week early. Um, I hope you guys enjoy today's episode, and please don't forget to check out the companies that are sponsoring the podcast. Um, they I only choose you know, companies to work with that I know you guys will like. So if you can check them out, that would be awesome. Um, all of the links are in the show notes. It really helps the podcast to be able to grow and for me to just be able to continue to do what I'm doing. So with that said, also don't forget to rate and review the podcast wherever you listen. That would really really help. So I'm going to make this super quick because I recorded this multiple times, but today we're talking to Beth Connors. Um, Beth is a midwife. Um, Her first birth in the hospital did not go as planned, so she really did the research and, you know, like I said, she became a midwife in this time, and so for her second hospital birth, she really got the birth that she wanted, and now she helps to educate other women so that they can also achieve that birth that they want. So I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Beth also um, has, uh, you can find Beth at bethconnors.com slash birth course. That is um, if you want to achieve a hands-off hospital birth, check her out for sure. And I hope you guys enjoy today's episode. They say giving birth is equivalent to running a marathon, but what about being pregnant and building a company from scratch while taking on the multivitamin aisle? That is the story of Ritual's founder, Kat Schneider, who started Ritual because she couldn't find a prenatal she could trust. So I just started recently taking the Essential for Women multivitamin, and it's been great so far. They are super gentle on my stomach. I can even take them without food, which is just very convenient. And yeah, it's great because I just want to fill some gaps in my diet. And I feel like this is exactly what I need. They're also great tasting. Like the the Essential for Women multivitamins have like this minty taste. So I'm so not used to that. I'm used to that like 
not so great aftertaste. So that's been awesome as well. So although I am not pregnant, Ritual has a prenatal that you can trust. They are made with traceable ingredients. You can literally look at a map and see where all the ingredients have come from, which is super cool. And you better believe I checked that out and I loved it. And all of the ingredients are vegan, bioavailable, and clinically studied key nutrients for before and during pregnancy. They're also non-GMO project verified, gluten, and major allergen free. So why settle for a multivitamin you're not 100% sure about? Ritual was literally built on trust, so you know it's the real deal. Ritual is offering my listeners 30% off during their first month. Visit ritual.com slash birth naturally to start ritual or add essential for women prenatal to your subscription today. Welcome Beth. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Why don't you start by telling us a little about you and your family? So my name is Beth and I am a certified nurse midwife and a mom of two girls. Um, They are three and a half and one. I live in Milwaukee with my husband, who I actually met in high school, and um, I'm really here just to share my birth stories. They were both hospital births, unmedicated. Um, The first one, I didn't really have a positive experience, and it actually led me to become a birth worker, and that my second experience was um, an unmedicated hospital water birth. So I'm kind of excited to share my experiences with um, my two hospital births and then kind of share what I do also as a midwife. Yeah, so... Um, what was your journey like to getting pregnant the first time around? So I was in nursing school um, and people would probably think I'm crazy and, you know, was it an (laughs) unplanned pregnancy, but um, no, it was totally planned. (laughs) Um, I just like to make my life chaotic. Um, So yeah, I had her in nursing school. I didn't have trouble getting pregnant at all. I was very grateful for that. Um, Yeah. I don't really have much of like a, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) pre-baby story, but yeah, it was just, it was easy, yeah, thankfully for me to to get pregnant um both times actually. Yeah. So did you always know that you wanted to give birth naturally, or was that something that kind of, you know, after getting pregnant, you decided that you, that's that's when you wanted to do it? Yeah. So I definitely knew I wanted to, you know, not have any really no medical intervention. I didn't want an epidural. Mm-hmm. Um but I also didn't know anything about how to get to that place. It was more of just like, this is what I want. Um, I'll kind of figure it out later. Um, but yeah, definitely was interested in not having a needle in my back or being in, my, in the bed. Um, I just right. wanted to, you know, do things my own way. Um, but I did not know what that meant at the time that I got pregnant. So I had a lot of learning to do for sure. Yeah. So what did you do? Like, how did you prepare yourself? Yeah. So the first time I... I feel like I did what like most moms do, you know, you take your hospital birth course. So I did that. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like an eight hour birth class that I thought was fine at the, at the time. Um, but I, I took that, I watched, you know, YouTube videos of different birth stories, which I was very fascinated by. Um, I took like a, an online birth course, a really common online birth course, and then read all the, what to expect when you're expecting books. So I was like ready. I thought I was like checked all the boxes. thought it was going to be great. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was actually in nursing school at the time. And we were taking, I was taking a maternity class that we were learning like the week of pregnancy as I was that week. So I was like, oh my, oh my goodness. I was like, 
I was like, this is not only cool to like know exactly what my body is doing and my baby is doing, but also in terms of like preparation, I thought I was like, you know, <laughs> thought I was yeah. ready. Um, so that's really yeah. what I did with, that's what I did with her, um, with mm-hmm. my first baby. Um, as a first time mom, I really thought I was kind of above the, you know, ready. Yeah. ready. <laughs> yeah you're like, I'm in nursing school. I read the books. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> right. So yeah. Talk to us about how, you know, how that birth went overall for you. Yeah, unfortunately, it was not a good experience, despite the, you know, preparation I thought I had. Um, I felt like I was prepared, you know, to give birth in the hospital. But really, what I ended up being was, you know, um, kind of just like very agreeable. I know I don't like confrontation. I like to be, you know, a pleasant person, friendly. So I kind of just went with the mindset of like, whatever my providers are going to do for me is going to be what's best for me. And they're the experts. And so I kind of just went along with the flow and, um, ended up really having every intervention that you could possibly think of, um, in that experience, which was not at all what I had, you know, meticulously planned for and really dreamed up in my brain. So I was very disappointed after having a negative first experience. And did you have a midwife or an OB? So I had a midwife in my pregnancy, um, but she actually didn't deliver in the hospital. And I found that out a little bit later in my pregnancy. So, you know, you go every four weeks in the beginning and it never really came up, unfortunately, but yeah, Mm -hmm. I saw her, I really loved her. And then I learned that when I got to the hospital in labor, I would be taken care of by whoever was on call by their staff of physicians. Um, so I never met anybody before. I literally only knew this one woman. Um, and so when I got to the hospital, it was just like, here you go. Um, you're kind of on your own. And that was a little bit like disheartening because not only was I with new people, but like there was tons of new people. It was a teaching hospital. There was residents, there was students, there was just everybody. And that was something I wasn't told ahead of time. So that's something I always ask, or I always recommend for moms. Like if you don't feel comfortable with students or you only want students for certain parts of your labor or, you know, whatever that may be, like you have a choice. Like I thought I just needed to have everybody staring at me the entire time. Right. Um, Right. That made my experience. That was just part of the experience too. That wasn't necessarily, you know, positive contributing to that. Mm -hmm. And did, so did your midwife only deliver at home? So she was just a clinic midwife. So oh, she okay. Deliveries due to she said due to her schedule with her kids, um, she was in the clinic three days a week, and then her her schedule didn't didn't allow for call, so oh, she geez. didn't take certain days. Yeah. Um, so I that feel was like that's like why. Yeah, like why you want to have a midwife? Yeah, is she because... was the only one in my um my insurance. You know, my insurance plan. Oh no, a midwife, and so I was like, okay, well. <laughs> <laughs> At that point, you know, now that I know different things now, like I could have definitely searched around and, you yeah. know, maybe yeah. consider home birth or whatever, you know, but I didn't mm-hmm. even have, feel like I had the time to make that choice um, in yeah. my first pregnancy, even though you can literally make that choice, you know, a week before. Right. <laughs> so you can just show up at a different hospital if you want, like if that's what you want to do. But um, mm-hmm. I didn't really yeah. know that I had options. I was like, I guess I'm stuck with this one person and going to mm-hmm. just go with it. And did you like bring a written birth plan with you? I did. Yeah. So that was a big thing that I was like, you know, very prepared. It was this very like succinct, easy to read. This is what I want. This is what I don't want. Um, And I feel like a few people may have looked at it, but it wasn't something that like I ever had a discussion about. And that's like the main thing that you need to have with your birth plan. It's like, it's not just a, this is what I want, make it happen. It's like, well, this is what I've thought about. Um, Mm -hmm. But like, I'm ready to also deviate if needed or, right. have a conversation about things. Exactly. Yeah. Like that's, and I think that's why it's important to, you know, for your, 
whatever provider you have to have that relationship with them beforehand so that right. you guys can talk about it um and know you know what's what's like okay with you and what's not right and like what what are you actually going to experience when you get to the hospital is someone going to give you a hard time like I want to know that ahead of yeah. time so then I'm yeah. ready for those like you know I'm ready with that you have like, answers ready to go brain. yeah yes, what am I going to exactly. say mm -hmm. exactly. or at least your husband can can speak yes. up for Prepare you. him as well too yeah yes um Wow, that's that's crazy. So like how did it go? I mean, what what kind of interventions did it start with? Or was labor just not progressing as quickly as they wanted it to? Yeah, so I actually it's kind of a crazy, crazy story. Um, my body just likes to go into labor without me knowing. So I was in the clinic at 39 and 6. Um, and I was she was like, Do you want, you know, a, a, a cervical check? And I was like, no, I don't want anything. And we kind of talked and she's like, are you sure? Like, it's sometimes nice to know at this point, like where you're at. And I was like, no. And then she asked me again and I was like, whatever, I'm going to get the check. <laughs> and she checked me and I was like seven centimeters dilated. I didn't feel a single oh contraction, gosh. like nothing. And wow. she like kind of was feeling my belly and she was like, well, it's tight right now. I'm like, well, yeah, it's been doing that for a few days, um, but it's not painful. So I had probably been, you know, in like, uh, not prodromal label, but just like those beginning stages of labor mm -hmm. um, for a few days, just with the tightening, but not actually in pain. And she was like, well, you're seven centimeters dilated, you know, active labor. If you want to get like technical is at that six centimeter mark. And <laughs> oh um, that was an active labor, I guess. And she's like, we're going to LND. Like, they put me in a wheelchair and they're like, you're going over to LND. Um, and my husband was in graduate school at the time, you know, an hour and a half away. And I call him and I'm like, we're having a baby <laughs> and, you know, thinking it's all just going to happen so fast. And so he had to go, you know, leave his class, rush to the hospital. Um, I was admitted. And then that's kind of when the interventions started. I got my IV right away. I was GBS positive. So they had to give me my antibiotics right away. They were very frantic that I was going to like deliver without um, getting mm -hmm. my antibiotics. So that was just like, that was just happening. And then um, I think I was there for like an hour and they're like, well, you're already seven centimeters. Let's just break your bag of water. And oh, I didn't okay. know that I had an option. I didn't know, you know, what that was going to mean for me. Um, so I was like, whatever again. And they mm -hmm. broke my bag of water and instantly with all that water gone, all that cushion, every contraction that I had was just very painful. And I wasn't ready for that. Yeah. And then I ended up laboring for another, like, I don't know, six or eight hours. Um, and they just kept saying every hour, like, oh, she's going to be here very soon, very soon. Like, this is going to go really fast. And it just, it was like the constant like rush of like, why, I don't know why it had to go fast or why they were telling me it was going to go fast, but it wasn't. And then I was in my, in my brain, um, just like, what is wrong with me? And then eventually I got to 10 centimeters and they're like, okay, start pushing. That's what you wanted to be 10 centimeters. So here, I know you want to be, you know, it was more comfortable for me to be leaning over the bed. That was what like I instinctively wanted to do um, and like bear down. And they're like, no, no, get on your back. Like you need to reach and grab your legs and we'll count to 10 and you'll push as hard as you can. And I did that for four hours unmedicated on my back oh and my they're gosh. screaming at me the entire time. And I was like, didn't think anything of it. Right. I was just like, this is how people give birth. This is what it looks like in the movies. You have to be in this. Yeah. Way. Um, and then the four hour mark hit and I didn't know at the time, but that's usually when providers will also want another intervention. Right. So they said, you know, you're exhausted, which I was, but I was also, I felt like I could, you know, I was a strong woman. I was like, I could still mm -hmm. go, <laughs> um, but they were telling me that I was exhausted and that I could either do a C-section or a vacuum assisted delivery. And I was at that point, like, well, you're telling me I'm done. So I'd rather have the vacuum than the, the C-section. 
like, okay. And they got everything ready and it took them three tries to get baby out. And she came out. Um, but it wasn't like a, a gentle thing. It wasn't a nice thing. It no. was a very traumatic thing for me. Um, and they whisked oh. her away after she came out and went to the warmer for an entire hour and did a bunch of stuff. So did you, did you not even get to see her right away? I didn't see her for an hour and she was in the room with me. Oh my uh, gosh. That happened with my first long it was but it was a while and I just kept saying to my husband is she cute right <laughs> not is I heard she her okay crying. yeah I heard her crying and oh, good. I knew she was okay but like yeah. they didn't even like lift her up Aww. to me to like show me or and oh, I didn't even so like you know, like demand that so that that to me like definitely stuck and I remember for yeah. my next birth like putting that you know I had it right at the top like I like I want her skin to skin like no matter what basically like you need to tell me before you take her away yeah um, and, like we'll have that conversation because I was not gonna have that happen again for that golden hour of her just not being on my chest yeah um, oh my gosh but yeah it was it was kind of a whirlwind of unnecessary interventions and mm -hmm. with that vacuum assisted delivery actually she I didn't add here but she was almost 11 pounds oh my gosh <laughs> so she was wow. a very large, large girl <laughs> um <laughs> And yeah, between that and the vacuum, I had like significant tearing and I didn't have the epidural. So they had to do stitches and it was just all very un uncomfortable. And because she was so large, she ended up separating my pubis, pubis symphysis. Mm -hmm. um, but I didn't know that until later on. So like I had trouble walking and peeing and all those things that like I thought were just normal because uh, you just had a baby. Yeah. Um. So like it was just kind of like brushed over while I was at the hospital and I went home and um, had a really hard postpartum because I did not pre prepare for postpartum at all. Yeah. Um, so that was like definitely a wake up call. But then I realized that that was not a normal recovery um, and, and COVID happened. So everything shut down in terms of physical therapy. So I couldn't even be oh, seen no. by anybody. Um, so between like the birth and the the postpartum, it was just like, you know, not only was I not prepared, but I also didn't like feel supported in the way that I could have been. Um, but then I also could have like, you know, advocated for myself a little bit more now knowing the things right. that I do now, um, that it didn't have to be, a, a you know, a bad experience. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Sure. So, you know, getting through that, were you nervous about, you know, having another child? Did you think that's how it was going to go? Or did you realize like, okay, it didn't have to be that way? I wasn't necessarily, I guess, nervous. I feel like after I was learning more, I was like, okay, this is not what it should have been like. Um, so yeah, I actually was a labor and delivery nurse right after I had her. Like it was a few months later that I became a labor and delivery nurse. And like, the, I would say like the first like five or six births that I had, um, through orientation, because I had never seen a, a, a birth at all when I had my first baby. And then when I was in nursing school, all of a sudden I was around these women that were having these amazing hospital births. And I was like, wait a minute, like they can walk, you know, 10 minutes after they just had a baby or like, um, you know, they're feeling so great and you can just tell how happy they are. Um, you know, not, not in pain, just like, just really just that bliss after a, a delivery. And I'm like, okay, like something's yeah. off with my own experience. I'm kind of comparing the two. And just being like the the care that we're giving her here is way different than the care that I received. And like, how can we make it so everybody has this experience? Right. Um, so then I, yeah, then I got pregnant like a year, uh, like a year and a half later. And um, that was when I was really like, okay, now I want to look into like hospital policies and what am I actually allowed to do? And what, mm -hmm. what is my provider, you know, legally allowed to tell me that I can't do? And, you know, all of that, I was like definitely interested in learning more about because I felt like I was really just, you know, rushed in the system, um, and like almost taken advantage of and just mm -hmm. for my vulnerabilities of not knowing that I had a choice. So 
Right. I felt, I felt like empowered, I guess, going into my second birth and knowing that I was going to kind of fill that gap for myself and try to make myself have a better experience. Yeah. And just out of curiosity, did you see a lot of natural birth at the hospital you were working at? I did. Yeah. I worked mm-hmm. at a um, a rural, um, it was an LDRP. So labor and delivery and the recovery and the postpartum was all in the same room. And it was like a really just like intimate place to work. And um, it was just, I felt everyone felt really supported and the providers were great. Um, we didn't have any midwives, but the OBs were really supportive of um, physiologic birth and the nurses were great. So yeah, it was a good experience um, mm-hmm. for me, like learning about yeah the possibility. And then also like for, for the patients too, to have, you know, that option of um, being like being supported and not just, you know, told they need the epidural because they're in the hospital or asked every right. 10 minutes. Are you sure you don't want the epidural? Cause that's not helpful either. Yeah. So how did you prepare yourself? Obviously that must've been so helpful to just like witness all these amazing births, but what else did you do to kind of get yourself in a better mindset this time and, and knowing, you know, and realizing how birth can go? Yeah. I think my like own like personal experience working in the hospital was helpful just to see the possibilities, um, and kind of like navigate, how my experience was going to be like through what other people were doing. So I feel like, I feel like a lot of it was um, like mindset work in terms of coping with like labor pain and really turning the, like the narrative to be like, I'm going to have a good experience. Um, and like, despite what happens. So like, I knew there was always going to be a chance of the exact same thing unfolding or even like an unplanned C-section, I feel like is a lot of things people um, are fearing, but like knowing more about what that they are and like knowing more about what that means for you and the risks are and the benefits and when it's actually necessary, like really just diving deep into those choices and those options that you have, I felt like was really helpful for me um, to then be able to say like, I'm the one that's going to be making the decision. It's not going to be my provider this time. Um, and of course, yeah. like you don't have to be an expert in birth in order to make your own decisions, but at least knowing the questions to ask your provider so they can, um, yeah. like, you know, help you through that decision because it's not their decision to make it's their decision to, or their job to help you make that decision and give you all the information. And that's what I was missing in my first experience. Mm-hmm. So did you have a birth plan this time? And did you talk about it beforehand with your provider and were they on board with what you wanted? Yeah, I did have a birth plan. Um, it was, I feel like the first time it was very much more like structured and like to the point, you know, and this time it was really just like based on my first one, like these are the things I want to be different. Um, so it was, very, it was a very similar like format of everything, but I did go through it with my provider um, or two different providers. So the second time I was with a different practice and it was actually a group of midwives that I had been, been working with as a labor and delivery nurse. And um, so I saw several of them throughout my pregnancy and I made sure with each person that I saw, I was like, so what do you think of this? And just like to see what their response was going to be. Um, and like a couple of them were very like, um, I guess proactive in the way that like they wanted me to have an IV just in case. And another one, another midwife was like, no, no, it's fine. Like if we need one, we'll, you know, we'll get you one. Um, these are different things like that, that we had a conversation about and it helped me understand like where they were coming from and, um, what their views were going to be. So that when I did get to the hospital and my husband was there and, um, cause you don't know if you're going to be in full blown labor when you get to the hospital, but, um, or like able to make that conversation, mm-hmm. but at least yeah. my husband, I would say, you know, make sure that if 
you know, I'm in early labor and I don't want an IV, just make sure that, you know, we can have that conversation, or like facilitate that in some way if I'm not thinking about it versus me just going there and letting them do whatever they want. Right. Um, but it was helpful to have those conversations beforehand with my providers. Yeah. So when, when did contractions start this time? Did it kind of, or was it similar to your first birth? It was the same. <laughs> yeah, it was the same thing. I went to my clinic appointment at, it was a, what was it at? Um, 40 and two. So I was a little bit past my due date and she asked me if I wanted a cervical check and I said, no. Um, and then we were kind of talking more about it. And because I had a big baby with my first, I was just curious. I was like, don't do anything, but can you just check and see where I'm at? I had been having contractions for like a week. Um, so I thought I'd be maybe like two centimeters, but I ended up being seven centimeters because that's what my body likes to do. Um, and so th- when you say contraction, do they feel like Braxton Hicks kind yeah, of? Yeah, I would or- say there was, yeah, I would say they were un- irregular, but they were like mild, crampy, mm-hmm. like very low. Um, and there was actually a time like a week before then when they were every two minutes, like literally on the dot every two minutes, four minutes for 10 hours. And oh, wow. I was like in denial. I'm like, I'm not going to the hospital until like they're painful. I was like, I'm talking through them. I'm going for a walk with my older daughter. Like, I was like, I'm not going to the hospital right now. Like it'll, it'll be fine. And <laughs> then I went to bed that night and I, they went away. So like, oh wow. even if, like, even if my contraction app, like every two minutes was like, you must go to the hospital. Um, <laughs> I was like, no, every time. <laughs> Um, just, I don't know why I kept timing them. Cause I wasn't going to go at that point until I was actually uncomfortable. Um, yeah. but then, yeah, they went away. So then I was curious the next visit. I was like, I would just like to know based on my first experience being weird and already having been seven centimeters. Um, uh, let's just see where I'm at. And they also had been pre- pressuring me, which something I didn't like, but they also had been pressuring me since I was 12 weeks in that first appointment, um, to get induced early because my first baby was so big. And that was something I was completely against because I was, you know, very much like my body's going to do what it's going to do. Let's just see what happens. And then I went past 40 weeks and I felt like they got in my head again and was like, well, your baby is probably going to be big. Um, So let's just see if we can, you know, get things going either with chiropractic or like a membrane sweep and, or an induction. And I was like, well, not the induction, but if you check my cervix and I'm already you know, in active labor, I guess, like uh, you can do a little membrane sweep, just like a gentle, see if it does anything. And Mm -hmm. it didn't like, it didn't do anything. It gave me cramps and I wasn't really happy with that. But, um, so I don't know that I would do that again. Uh, but in the moment I was like, I guess we can just try to see if it will do anything. Yeah. And then the next day I started having, um, contractions. So I went to triage and they're like, yeah, you're still like seven, seven and a half. Um, and at that point I was like, like just ready to have her. So I was like, I guess I'll, you know, stay for an induction, which is what they would call it, even though it was, I wasn't in labor yet because my cervix wasn't changing further. Um, but what they would have just done was break my bag of water. So like I went home, I got my husband came in when I wanted to later. And we basically did an induction. Um, looking back, I don't think I would have done that, even though that was, um, something I was comfortable with in the moment was just mm-hmm. like waiting. Like I just needed to be more patient. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it so is hard. Difficult. It's so difficult when like you're already there and you're just like wanting oh, to yeah. be done. You're excited, you know, whatever. Know, so, and you're already oh. seven centimeters. Like I know. It's like, supposed to be the end. Right. And then <laughs> so like, starting for you. Gonna happen. Yeah. So it was yeah. really weird going back home and being like, I'm seven centimeters just walking around. Yeah. Um, and thank goodness I went back because um they started the induction at it was like uh, five o'clock. Um, 
they hooked me up for like 20 minutes before then to the monitor just to check on baby and she was good and they took me off the monitor because that was another thing that I really didn't want was the monitors on my belly it was just very restricting the last time and it made me feel like I was tied to the bed um so I told them as long as everything was okay I would prefer to just you know do intermittent monitoring with the Doppler and they were agreeable to that and they broke my bag of water and like it was an instant like booming noise on the uh the uh, baby monitor and she like really just dropped low and mm-hmm. I like instantly was like okay I need to stand up and because it was a very strong contraction um and within like 10 minutes um I was like oh she's coming like it was literally <laughs> breaking bag of water to start the induction 10 minutes later I knew she was coming I oh, got gosh. into the the tub um I was able to have a water birth at the hospital because we were doing a water birth study. So it was a new thing for the hospital and they were allowing women to um, be part of the study, which I was lucky to have like the water birth portion of it. So that was a cool experience. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. So I went um, into the tub and just like instantly started pushing. So my labor from the time of induction, you know, to the time that I was holding her, it just took me, you know, a couple pushes and a few different position changes in the the tub to get her out. And she was out at 545. So wow. my labor was, you know, 45 minutes start to finish. And if my water would have broken at home, I definitely would have had an unplanned home birth, which yeah. <laughs> would have been fine because she came right out. But um, it still would have been kind of like a shocking, like, wait, I wasn't prepared for this. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like how yeah. much that went so much more smoothly than your first right. time. Do you think it's like, well, for obviously you had done it before, but I mean, being in the water, being comfortable, being in different positions, do you think that they all, all those things kind of had a play in that? Yeah, definitely. And it also had to do with the provider that I had. And um, I feel like my mindset going in, cause I was like yeah. very much, I mean, she told me right away when she got there, she was like, you're here at the hospital, but like, you let me know what you want. Like I, like she was like, so chill, just like sat next to me and was like, you just tell me what steps next. Like, what are we doing next? You know? And, Mm -hmm. um, it was very much more relaxed. I felt so much more comfortable and confident versus the time before when, you know, I had like, at one point there was, when they were doing the vacuum in my first delivery, there was like 25 people in my room between and residents. And if I, if it was me today, I would have been like, can everybody please just get out of the room? Yeah, that's I would, like, insane. My, oh I would like my, my OB and like the residents. Like I get the resident needs to be there to learn. That's yeah. fine. But we don't need everyone else taking notes and oh my gosh. You know, I watching would never that. have been comfortable yeah. in that. No, oh my I mean, there's people on my couch. Like there was women sitting on my wow. couch. And I remember being like, what, what are those people doing over there on my couch? They're <laughs> <laughs> just was, here, for yeah. here for the show. <laughs> it was very, very strange. Wow. Um, but in the moment, I was just worried about getting her out. But yeah, the second, I mean, the second yeah. time it was just my nurse, my midwife, and my husband. And it was almost mm-hmm. nobody because I was going so fast. But um, well, I yeah. think that that also like, I mean, people always talk about like who you have around you. Like, you know, you just need those people to surround you, people you are comfortable with. Right. So I, I can't imagine having a room, a room full of strangers, like that would be very difficult. Right. And was, yeah. yeah. It's the bright, you know, the bright lights, the really loud coach yeah. pushing. Um, and yeah, it was just like constantly trying to have me like grab different things and, um, bear down and like push here. And they, I think they had their hands inside doing the pressure down. And the wow. second time I was in the water and I really liked being in the water because nobody was in the water with me. Like it was just me. Yeah. Um, yeah. So nobody was touching me. Nobody was, you know, trying to do a cervical check and see, you know, 
move things along quicker by like trying to do stretching or anything. Um, it very much just like happened on its own and they just were there to catch, um, baby when she came out and it just felt a lot more like I was in control. It was my own space. Um, and I feel like you definitely can do that in the bed too. If you're not able to do a water birth, you know, um, for sure. Like doing, knowing that that you can do different positions. Like if you're comfortable on the bed, but you want to be on all fours, like do that, you know, whatever works. But it's so cool because it it seems like the first time, you know, the baby was only coming out like based on what the doctors were doing. And then the second time around, the baby just was like, I'm coming out when I'm ready to come out. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) and it was just like you and her and not everybody else doing everything for you. So that it's just like such a cool, you know, difference in the way that that you know you gave birth and was this was your second baby as big as your first she was two pounds less so she was nine okay pounds. it's still big but still, yeah still <laughs> my nice body size. was like my body was ready for that just yeah it's Much funny more manageable. she was late too yeah yeah she was later yeah <laughs> that's so funny wow that sounds like that sounds like a beautiful birth like it sounds like you got I mean obviously you know breaking the waters I'm yeah that's what did it for you <laughs> right <laughs> I was holding my body back. So yeah. yeah. Wow. That's so cool. But it was so, nice to be in control. Yeah. Of the space, even just, even just like having the lights uh-huh. dim and, you know, I had the water and one provider and my husband there, like just even yeah. that self and like setting your environment is like, okay, this is where I'm at. Like, this is how I'm going to do this and go from yeah, there. You know, even definitely. just a little bit of control in the environment is really helpful and like an unknown space. Yeah. And so you know, did you, you, obviously you had done more research or postpartum this time. You were a midwife at this point, right? Right. Okay. And so what was your recovery like this time around? It was amazing. Um, I felt like not only did I have my first experience with kind of learning all the things I shouldn't have done and just being prepared, um, even just like with supplies and like things in my home to be comfortable and, you know, in the hospital, knowing what was normal, what wasn't like, I didn't feel as like shocked. Um, but I did have a much smoother recovery in terms of the pain. Like the first time I had a lot of, a lot of pain. Um, the one thing I didn't, didn't know about the second time was that, which I've, I've experienced other women say this, but I didn't actually experience it for myself, but it's the more babies that you have, the stronger your contractions are after. Mm-hmm. And so I had like five days of pretty significant cramping, um, because your uterus has to work harder to really contract to make sure you're not bleeding. Um, and I was not expecting that, but, um, mm-hmm. that's something that I definitely recommend if you have more babies that women, um, are aware of that just to have like the heating compress. And, um, if you're okay taking like Tylenol, Tylenol and ibuprofen, that definitely helped me. Um, cause yeah, that sometimes is not, um, yeah. expected and mm-hmm. yeah, so, but otherwise postpartum was a really great experience. Um, I felt like I had the support of my midwives and my husband and, um, breastfeeding was not easy either time, but that was something that I was able to focus on with, you know, the continued support in the hospital and then going home too. I had resources. So yeah, um, it just felt overall much better about everything. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. I mean, and I, it sounds like you probably got to experience that, like after having baby that you were up able to just get up and walk to your bed yeah. and everything this right. time around. <laughs> yeah. Which I was, was ready like, to go home right away. I was I mean, like, let's go you? home and see my older daughter. And <laughs> I know. Yeah. And that did, was they make, did you have to stay for a couple of days or what? How long did you end up staying? 
So I say for right at the 24 hour mark, just so she can okay. get her like newborn screens and stuff done. But um, mm-hmm. they gave me a very difficult time because I was GBS positive and they started uh, my antibiotics, but I didn't get them fully. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was another thing that that was probably the only negative thing was that they had told me I had to stay an extra day at least. And I was not interested in doing that. Um, mm-hmm. So I had to kind of go back and forth with a few different pediatricians and residents saying like, I'm aware of the risks. Can I please go home? Um, mm-hmm. I will sign the paperwork, all the things. And they're like, we really don't want you to leave. It's been, it's too soon. Like this is when the infection would start to develop. If they, if baby um, is going to have some type of um, infection from the GBS. And I was like, no, I understand, but I live not that far away. And I'm a midwife. I, you know, I, I yeah. have training to, I know what to look for. And they weren't really doing anything for me anyways in the hospital, those first 24 hours, besides like making sure that my bleeding was under control, but it was something that like I was fine doing and my labor was otherwise uncomplicated. So there was really no risk factor for me to stay, but they made right. me go through a ton of hoops and sign all these paperwork, all this paperwork. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was it able is, to go it, that yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's hard to get out of there early. I remember with and, my second, I wanted to go home after 24 hours. I was like, that is plenty of time for me. Um, yeah. And I wanted to see my older daughter, but um, right. it took it took forever. But I did get out before the second night because I'm like, I can't do another. I, know. <laughs> I can't do another <laughs> night here. I want to go home and sleep now. Some people want all some people want all the time that they have in the hospital I know. with the help or away from yep. other kids and like whatever yeah. works for people. Like it's totally okay. <laughs> uh-huh. But for me, I was like, I'm not comfortable in this bed. Like yeah. I want my own home and my own food. And, you yeah. know. So there's other things going on too that I was like, I feel, I feel comfortable with this baby going home and let me sure. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you are enjoying the podcast. And if you are, don't forget to leave a rating and review and follow along on Instagram at birth naturally. Also, if you'd like to subscribe for extra episodes, you can find a link to that in the show notes. Thanks.